The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. You go through all of this craziness and you wind up, like I said, you wind up landing back in, in, in Minneapolis. And, of course, this is this is pre-what Minneapolis sound, you know, that everybody's talking oh, yeah, about. Absolutely. and are talking like 1970. 374. Right, right. Yeah. And you yeah. know, what's really funny about all of that is that everybody, you know, everybody to a certain extent, they do have a tendency to throw the credit, you know, to Prince. Because when you think about, you know, you think about all the stuff that he did, you think about him actually investing the time that he did with, you know, the time, Vanity Six, and, you know, and everybody right. else. Yeah. And there's that, you know, there's that, that you know, that R&B soul funk with synthesizers and, you know, and everything else. I mean, they credit that. Right. But there was a lot of that that was going on, you know, prior to that. And there was a lot of, a lot of that you know genre mixing that was going on prior to that and of course enter in this is you know, i'm talking about 94 east you know coming into the into right, the mix yeah. for you um well, we were signed with polydor you know we well, well i took prince in the studio in 1975 and that was his first time in the recording studio right and he recorded five songs with us and one of the songs was if you see me and it's also known as do yourself a favor Right, and uh, he recorded it later on, but he, he said he was going to release it on one of his albums, but he, he never did. So when I was doing my album, um, my own personal album, Minneapolis Genius, Jesse Johnson had called me up. He was a guitar player for the time, right? And he had heard Prince's version, and he wanted to record it. So I said, yeah, go ahead and record it because Prince ain't doing it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, do somebody do you something know? with it, right? Yeah, you know, so uh, he recorded it and did very well with it. I think it's at a million seller now. Wow. But uh, uh, before that, see, Mars Day and I used to hang out a lot. I mean, we used to hang out all the time. Sure. And he used to be at my house all the time. So we were riding around in Minneapolis and we ran into Prince. And we didn't want to run into him because Prince was such a square. I mean, you know, yeah, he played all the instruments and did all this stuff. He's very talented and all this. But we, we all have mutual friends. But when we see them out, we go like, oh, no, man. Yes, <laughs> Prince, man. <laughs> you know, we just want to run into him. That's not he runs right. Into the car and he throws his cassette in the window and he goes, in the car, he throws it set in the car, and it was my song. That was it, and that's what he said he's going to do. Put it out on one of his albums, but he never did. But it's in his vault now. Oh, that is it's crazy! That it's in his so vault. We do have a song, you well, know, in his vault. You, uh, but I Minneapolis mean, was a, a thing for me. I, I, I really loved it here, and uh, all my friends back in Brooklyn were saying, "Man, you know." Uh, what are you doing in Minneapolis, man? Any black people in Minneapolis? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how are you finding your way? Right. <laughs> well, said, yeah, there's a there's a few people here, man. You know, they didn't have very much of a radio station. It was KUXL, and it was run by the Sun. When the Sun went down, the radio station went off. Oh. You know? <laughs> so that-, so that was kind of crazy. But I still love to hear Minneapolis. I love the people. And and it was great. It was just well, awesome. well, sure it was. I mean, you but you wind up you wind up coming in, and and of course you have all this knowledge that you bring with you, you know, from all the stuff that you learned from your uncle, you know, from Little Anthony and the Imperials, and and right. about music and stuff. You're trying to you're trying to get in. You're trying to do your dig. You're trying to get music together. You spent a lot of time, you know, at Cookville recording, right? Um, you know, right, back yeah. and forth. And and like I said, Prince comes in and out again. You're married to the cousin, so you know. So now right. you know now he's he's grown up. Um, he's 
found his band Grand Central, okay, and and right. you wind up, you know, you wind up being having the opportunity to kind of lay your eyes, you know, on on what they had going on, and you know, and and everybody knows that you know the the first, you know, the the then band Grand Central that we're talking about, you know, had you know Andre Simone, you know, and it also had you know it had you know Hollywood in it, you know, along yeah. with uh, along with Morris Day, you know, and and of course you know Linda Linda Anderson, which was actually Andre's Andre's right. sister. And Morris had a, Morris was the drummer, and he had a seven-piece drum set, but he only played three drums. Well, that looked good. I was all like, dude, <laughs> it looked good. It looked good. <laughs> I said, you got to play all of these things, man. <laughs> and their songs, the songs were like ten minutes long. I was kind of like, well, wait a minute, you can't do that. So I gave him a formula. You know, uh, how to write songs for radio because, you know, it was like three minutes, three minutes, 30 seconds and the formula that I gave them and stuff. Right. And not only did I work with them with music, I always sat down with these guys and talked about the business of music also. Right. You know, publishing, recording, radio play, performance rights organizations, etc. You know, I mean, just so many things that I sat down with these guys. And, and, you know, when um, we got signed, 94 East got signed to Polydor, we, I co-produced with Hank Cosby. I got you. Now, Hank Cosby was one of the original funk brothers from Motown. That's crazy. He produced uh, for Once in My Life for Stevie Wonder yep. and My Sharia Moore. I think he was a co-writer for My Sharia Moore. Right. And I worked with him, and he had wrote a song for 94 East called Fortune Teller. Oh, cool. Now, the the lead singer of Fortune Teller was myself, but I wasn't that good at lead singing at that time. Wow, you even admitted so we, it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I admit it. And, and, and we found this guy named Colonel Abrams. Now, if any of you listeners out there know who Colonel Abrams is, he was signed with MCA, had a big hit, not going to let... And uh, uh, he became a real good friend of mine and stuff. He's passed away now. And uh, he was the lead singer. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, we recorded that here in Minneapolis. He did his vocals, uh, Colonel did, in New York. But uh, the music and everything was recorded here at Sound 80. Now, at Sound 80, David Z, or David Rifkin, Bobby Z's brother, um, uh, Bobby Z is uh, a drummer for Prince. Right. And uh, uh, he was the engineer at Sound 80, but he didn't really know that much about engineering. I guess he knew just the basics. And we brought in a guy named Richie from East Coast Recording Studios in uh, New York who taught David about um, how to mic drums and everything. So David became our assistant when we were at Sound 80. And what had happened when we walked in to record our single for Polydor, Prince had just finished his demo, uh, and he saw us coming in, and he goes like, what are you guys doing? I said, man, we're getting ready to record our single, man. He goes like, oh, man, he said, can I play on it? Can I play on well, it? Well, yeah. You know? <laughs> so he said, sure, man, come on, man. So he played on uh, uh, Fortune Teller. He did guitar and he did background vocals with Marcy and Christy, who were members of 94 East. Right. And uh, um, he also played on 1015, uh, one of the other songs that I had written, you know. But, it, you know, during that time, I'm telling you, 
you know, it, it just doesn't happen anymore. You know, those days are just over like that. I mean, when I got signed to Polydor, I was in New York, and I would just go to Manhattan. Right. And uh, uh, I would walk into a building, look on the directory, find out where Brunswick Records were, what floor they were on, or RCA Records, or Columbia, you right. know, any of the major labels and stuff. And I would go up to the floor, you know, get off, see the secretary uh, in the um, in the building, and uh, and ask her who was the A and R person. Right. And she would say, "Oh, it's so and so and so. Have a seat, and I'll go get them for you." And that's how it was then. Now today, you can't even get in the building. You can't even get you in know? the building. You can't get anywhere near that. And, and it's so funny. No, enough, you I'm, can't. You have to be invited. I, it's, it's just. It's totally different now. And even the radio stations at that time, you know, there was a, a ton of radio stations that are owned by mom and pop radio stations. And, you, you know, go in there, you give them your record, and they play it, play it, play it, play it. And the next thing you know, it's a hit. And then when uh, I think it was Clear Channel came in and bought up all of those mm -hmm. stations. Now it's very difficult to get your songs played on the radio. It's, it's very it's difficult. It's really tough. Ever since I... It's like I, an act of God. It One, is. One uh, program director told me that it would take an act of God to get your records played on the radio these days. See, it, that's... It's just it's amazing. That's, that's retarded yeah. and that's crazy and that's absolutely insane. You know, Pepe, one of the things for you is, you know, you've, you've made the focus on, on you know, again... You know, teaching the younger generation coming through as far as you make this very specific statement. You remember, I'm a stalker, so I was able to pull some things up. <laughs> Just look. I mean, man. I mean, I'm your tough nut to crack. I'm gonna tell you that right now. All right. That's like you, 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 you stick true. You stick tight to the story. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like unleash some stuff. Maybe people haven't heard. You know, you're, you're, you are a tough nut to crack. Ah, don't think there's a for two seconds, man. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting there trying to fit work you. I will say this. Now, um, one of the things that was, and it was a very, very profound statement that you had made, was that you wanted to teach these kids that business, music business, had not right. changed. In that right. they had to make sure, you know, the only, the only thing ultimately, obviously, is the style and the changes is, is in music. You know, what everybody kind of gets into in terms of, um, um, you, know, uh, you know, aesthetics and things as far as creativeness or whatever. But you're talking about copywriting and you're talking about songwriting for your own formula songwriting formula right. a very specific songwriting formula you're talking about publishing you know you're talking about you know performance right organizations and everything nothing has changed in that essence for you right. okay so here's my thing if if there's things about the music business that ultimately at the end of the day do not change other than we understand now what's changed is obviously platforms and gatekeepers and you know the accessibility right. and the availability you know what what do you see what do you see happening for for the for the generations now you know what i mean on on yeah. on on what it is that they need to be doing other than being original that was always a thing you know that's not new yeah being original is is, is the key and and plus you know a lot of artists today because of the fact that this everything is so informative today you can get information from everywhere and anywhere around the world sure and you know what happens is 
they see, they watch the Grammys and all these uh, BET award shows and everything like that. And then all of a sudden they want to be stars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of the artists that I, I've had, you know, on my label, you know, Rio Deal, mm-hmm. you know, we've had artists that come in here and I ask them, okay, um, you know, where do you want to get to? You know, yeah, and I'm talking music, as, you know, as far as what they want. And I try to make it happen of what they see. You know, because they know better as far as how far they want to go in the business. Sure. But a lot of them come up, they want their own reality TV show, they want a clothing line, they want a perfume line, they want their own label, they want to produce, they want to publish their own records. I mean, they want everything instantly. Man. And, and that's, that's a problem because in America, you know, you get a headache, take a pill. Right. You get sick, take a pill. You know, and they want it immediately. And they have to understand that all of the artists that they see who has all of these reality TV shows, the clothing line, the perfume line, they have to understand that they had to start from somewhere. Correct. You know, and you have to give before you get. Yes. You have to give before you get. You know, it's a must. Yes. I mean, you take artists like uh, uh, Christina Aguilera. Right. But she had to do one of these uh, AM radio bubblegum song, you know, uh, Genie in a Bottle. That was one of <laughs> Does that, did you really you think know? that about and, that song? And, and, and even uh, uh, later, uh, 50 Cent, 50 Cent had to come out with his song, uh, It's Your Birthday. And these are very, very commercial songs. Yes. But it got these people on the map. So you can't come out dictating as a new artist oh, no, I'm not going to do that kind of... I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not... You know, you have to give before you get. You know what I mean? You know, so... I mean, even Prince. Prince came out with Soft and Wet. Yeah, he did. You know, and very commercial type songs and stuff. And then later on, he progressed into, uh, uh, um, you know, more music that he wanted to do. But first, you have to give the radio stations, the record company... You have to give them what they want because they're the ones who's pushing it. Well, they're you know, the ones who's spending the money behind the record and stuff. It's not even that. Once you okay. once you uh, obtain your audience, you know, then you can start experimenting with other type songs that you want to do. And it's not even Pepe. I don't even necessarily think it's not necessarily what they want, as much as it is is that they know what they know what sells. Does that make sense? Right. <laughs> and right, and absolutely. you you have a they know what sells. They know what sells. And you know, and this is this is this is not a slap in the face, you know, because let's re- look, let's remember something. Uh, you know, what I do radio station, you know, unsigned indie, you know, major indie, you know, music, okay? You know, from from out of the gate you've never heard of it before to yes, you know who they are and they're getting ready to break, okay? And any anything in between. Um, and and the thing about it is that you know I don't ever want to say anything that's like you know that's that's totally demeaning or say anything that's totally negative. But at the same token, right. we're talking about business, okay? This, right. the, we're talking we're talking about the music business, and yeah. you know there's a thing I saw. So I, I, I watched some videos on you last night, man. It was about ten o'clock, ten thirty, by the way. Um, yeah, I watched some videos on you. Um, <laughs> that's how deep I went because you you were so hard to crack, and I'm like I'm gonna find something. I don't know what it is yet. I'm gonna find something on him. You 
specifically were asked um, on one of these on one of these um, short interviews on on YouTube. You were asked about um, your songwriting formula and whether or not you whether or not you knew a hit song. And, and, and you made a statement. It was so, it was and it stuck with me all night because you you know they were like you know you you were like I don't write a song just to write a song. I, I write a hit. I mean, right. you were like flat, Absolutely. just, I write a hit. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> well, okay. All right. And and everybody's got that, you know, everybody's got a different definition of why they know that it's a hit. And what was so funny is that they asked you, you know, they asked you, you know, how do you know if it's a hit? And you were like, you know, it's one of those, it's whatever, I think about it, I walk away from it, I go to sleep, I simmer on it, I come back to it. You never answered right. it. You never answered it. Okay. You never I'll give you the answer. I know. You know oh, I'll give you... you the answer. The answer is a hit record is a song that the majority of the public can identify with. Right. That's a hit record. You know, you have to have a beat, you know, uh something that's that's up to date and something that touches the people. Something and it's very simple. You know, you don't have to go read a thesaurus or something to, to write a hit record. You know? <laughs> it's very simple, you know. <laughs> you know, it's something that everyone can identify with. Right. You know, like I said earlier, like 50 Cent come up with, it's your birthday. Everybody can identify with that, you know. And then they use that song on commercials. They use that song on uh, car dealers, McDonald's, or Burger King. Everybody was using that. You know, because everybody can identify with it. You take a song years ago <clears throat> that Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, and those guys did. Right. Uh, Benefit, uh, and it was um, um, We Are the World. Yes. You know? Yes. A very simple song. It's, a, it's just a very simple song that, that people can identify with, that they can say, oh, you know what? I could have wrote that. You know, but you I didn't, didn't right? But you and didn't. I say like, like I get rap artists that call me up and they want to, you know, get into the business, and they always tell me that, oh yeah, well my song is better than this guy's, or my rap is better than this guy's, and blah 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 all this. And I said, you know what? I said every rap artist that comes to me tells me the same exact thing that you're telling me. Mm. I said, why don't you try to do something different that other rap artists aren't doing? Right. You know, learn to sing. You know, sing and rap. You there know, it is. Do it all. And and all the people who don't like rap, what could you do? What could you think of that can make them like rap? You there know? It is. So you have to come up with something that they can identify with, and then they'll go, oh, you know, I don't like rap, but this rap artist I like because I, I like what he's saying. I, I can feel, you know, uh, his vibe, I, you know. What he's saying is, is current, and, and, and they identify with it. You know, you know, I mean, that that's what it's all about. It's funny because, um, and because I like when we're talking, because we, and if everybody's paying attention, I'm talking to Pepe Willie. And what we've done is like, we'll go back into history, and then we'll come back forward, and then we go back, we go back. And so I'm, I'm going to take you back for a second. <laughs> um, when you had Prince, and you had Andre yeah. Simone, and you know, and you had Morris, and you had everybody, um, and when you got to him, and they were like playing you the ten minute diatribes of songs, right. you're like, okay, hold on. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. why, 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 let's reel this yeah, in I first. Had to make these guys. First of all, Andre wrote a song called "You Remind Me of Me." Right. And 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 I said, okay, play the song. And they started playing it, and I couldn't understand the lyrics because everybody was singing something different. <laughs> and I'm going like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
put down your instruments, and we had a blackboard up in the attic. And write, I told Andre, write the lyrics on the blackboard so everybody knows what you're singing. Right. And then some of the other band members, oh, that's what you were saying? Oh, I didn't know that. You right. Know, it, you know, it takes that simplicity of knowing what every what, what the song is about. You know, what's the song about? What is he saying? You know, can you identify with it and stuff? You can, know? can you completely um, identify with it? There was, yeah. in, lieu, in lieu of me and you catching up with each other this week and deciding that we were going to get on air today, an article had come out about, um, and it was a test, that um, New York uh, University, how it actually took a group of kids from 18 to 25. And what they did was is that they tested their ability to recognize hit records from different decades. And the decades, they, right. you know, it was anywhere from like, you know, 1960 to 2000. And, you know, and what, was, and, and what was so funny was that, you know, they found that, you know, they were able to pull out the, you know, the certain hits. Okay, there's certain them. We're talking about radio hits, you know, and things like that. But then, like, right after 2000, it takes, like, a complete steep, like, just drop on being able to recognize music. Okay? Right. And, yeah. and one of the reasons, you know, they say... Okay, that one of the reasons as far as for testing was that, okay, you hear a bunch of complaints about, you know, music being too computerized these days or repetitious or lyrically vapid or, you know, lacking melody or, or whatever, which all that can be true. I mean, for a sense, because right. you, you get it, you know, you understand what I'm saying. You know, you and I also had the conversation this past week and it was, you said it quick, you jumped in, you jumped out. I heard it. Okay, I caught right. it. I caught it, even though you, maybe you were trying to be like ninjas in the night with the statement. I caught it. <laughs> I caught it, and and you and you were so funny about when you were talking about songwriting, and you were like the formula. You know, there's this, there's this, yeah. or whatever. There's the bridge. There's the chorus. There's the bridge. There's a, and you and it was right. it was so specific. It was so specific, and it didn't matter what style, what genre, what what country, blues, rock, whatever. It was like. This formula is a hit song. It will, you know, and if it, if, and that's obviously if the, you know, the melody's great and the words work and that stuff, that right. it will, that it'll hit its mark always. You know. You remember this song? You light up my life. I do, Debbie Reynolds. Yes. You know? And I'm telling you, when I first heard that song, I'm going like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but they played it a million times on the radio, and now I'm in my car. You light up my life. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Oh, it's in my head. You just as soon as you said, as soon as you said, it, I'm like, you light up my life. Yeah, you give. Me. Yeah, I'm in it. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. We're dancing, man. It's on the floor. It's it's clear. It's got the it's got the little disco light, but it's dark. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're there. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was a big hit. That was a giant hit. You know. Oh my uh, God, I'm just I'm, my stomach is hurting now. It's like it's like oh yes, this is this is this is starting to really kind of blow my head and blow my mind. And it, and I guess the thing about it for me. Um, We'll take Marshall, okay? Let, look, big yeah, shot. Let me tell you something about Marshall. Marshall, this dude, man, I'm telling you, he is so talented. Very much he so. Hurts himself. <laughs> very, it, it hurts itself. Very much so. Very much he so. Is so talented, man. I'm telling you, man. I worked with Marshall years ago. He was like a teenager and everything. And he's, I mean, this brother is so talented. You know, he's funky and stuff. And, and I call him, I call him barely white, you know. <laughs> Love it. And, and the reason why I call him barely white 
is because he's so funky. You know what I mean? He, he so is. He's time, all the other instruments he plays. You know, and he calls me barely Gordy. Like well, let's see. Gordy. Well, then you guys are matching. You know, so we got these days for each other and stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. This guy has a great, great heart. He's got I mean, a huge guy, heart. You know, he's very calm. He's, you know, he's very one of the nicest people that I ever met. And, and, and plus, he plays all the instruments. He does. He, all the instruments. he does. When, I, when my uncle was... Um, Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in uh, 2009, Laurentian Imperials, and I think it was uh, 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 a Run DMC. Yep. Uh, got nominated then, and yep, yep. Uh, I believe it was Metallica, and then uh, um, I can't remember everybody. And uh, Bobby Womack, you know, these guys got inducted. And uh, I met a guy named Rick French. Now, Rick French is uh, on the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, he has a company in um, North Carolina. So um, I was doing an interview um, uh, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, uh, hotel. I was at the hotel. Right. And he had overheard me talking, you know. And after I got finished, he had uh, uh, approached me and he says, Hi, I'm Rick French. I said, Hey, I'm Pepe Willie and stuff like that. And he goes, You know, and I give him my business card. I give him a business card. And I go back up to my room because I had to put on my tux, get ready for the induction of the, these artists. Right. And uh, when everything was over and I come back to Minneapolis, Rick French calls me up and he says, you know, I looked you up. I, I seen what you did in Minneapolis and your history and everything. I want you to come to North Carolina to perform at the second annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert. Oh, and wow. I was just in shock. And I had to put a band together quickly. Wow. And one of the first people that I thought of to play with me was Marshall Charlotte. Oh, you wow. Know? And he was fighting at the bit. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. You know, that's it. So we had to put, a, put the band together. I tried to get my original bass player, but he didn't work out. So we wind up getting... Uh, another bass player, and then uh, Matt Fink from The Revolution. Yep. He played with us. So we had, like, uh, a rap artist with us named uh, E-Class, uh, Wall Tower. He's a gospel uh, hip-hop artist. He was with us, and plus Marcy and Christy, original members of 94 East. Yep. And uh, um, 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 who do we have as a drummer? I can't remember his name. Um, we had a great drummer. And uh, we just tore the place up. And we were playing with, you know, uh, uh, other band members was on the show um, that played with, uh, um, oh, man, what's, uh, I can't remember. Um, uh, oh, no. <laughs> You're on the spot. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. But, um, uh, man, I can't remember this guy's name. But I think he played with, yes, I can't remember, uh his name, but uh, okay, we um, and Marshall, you know, he just did such a great job. I can always depend on him, always. And then we played also. I think it was a couple years ago, uh, a South by Southwest. We were invited uh, to the Buddy Holly Foundation uh, with Rick French and Stephen uh, Easley, uh, who heads the uh, Buddy Holly uh, Foundation. 
and uh, we rehearsed over Marshall's house. Marshall played with us then also. Wow. And we put the band together, and uh, wow. King played with us, and uh, we had such a great time. Matter of fact, I stayed at Marshall's house for an evening, and in uh, uh, it, it, the hospitality was just unbelievable. We went out on the boat and everything. He took me around, showed me around Austin, Texas, and... You know, Marshall is just so talented. It's, He's extremely it's, talented. Now, the band... It's just unbelievable. The band and Yes, yeah. when you're talking about who you... Maybe you forgot. Are you talking about, like, the Steve Howe, Alan White, Jeff Downs, Billy Shorewood, John Davison? Um, I'm trying to think of some names here. Um... Uh, well, Marshall would know about <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I mean, of course, you know, and, oh, as far as, you know, the past... Oh, Tower Power. We played with, uh, uh, um... It was uh, it was either the lead singer of Tower Power, or the band Tower Power that we played with and stuff, you know. Oh wow! And, uh, wow! Oh man, it it was just unbelievable! Wow! Unbelievable! It, we had such a great time, and uh, it, it was just awesome. Good and, for you. And then when Marshall comes into town and he's playing here, he always invites us over. You know, uh, me, Marcy, and Christy, uh, and uh, we go over, and he would you know, say a few words about us, you know, and I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for him to say anything and stuff, but he does it anyway, and uh, he's, he's a very humble guy, and yes. he calls us up on stage, and we sing Purple Rain with him, and, you know, it's just amazing. It he's is. such and a great guy, and he deserves all the success that he's having right now, man. He's just amazing. He's And he deserves it, and you know, it's so funny, because when I came across, you know, him and his music, uh, I came across his original music before the before the deal with the the you know purple experience and the and the Prince Trilogy. Right, yeah. So I was more engaged. Um, but before I brought you on for the um, for the interview today, um, you know he had sent me um, and he's so classy. You know, he sent me. Yeah. Uh, you know, he sent me a headshot photo. You know that he had autographed. You know, sent me some 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 CDs and albums and stuff like that. You know, with some stuff. I mean, did it like totally, like like totally the way you're supposed to. And of course, I mean, I felt like total fangirl when I got it. You know, because it was like a total, <laughs> totally came in the studio and everything, right? And so I was listening to I was listening to his album Eleven. And, you know, one of the things was that, you know, when I did my interview with him, you know, I would actually, you know, I'd pulled some songs and I pulled the ones that I actually felt like I, I, I like liked, you know what I mean? Right. For no other reason than it hit home. I had played Romance, and of course that turns out to be a song that he wrote for his significant other, because when he decided to grow up and wear big, as he puts it, wear big boy pants and, you know, and actually, you know, ah. be in a relationship and do the right thing. That song, the way he wrote it, do you remember, and see, I could talk to you like this, Pepe, do you remember like, um, 86, 87, early 88, okay, when all of that, you know, when all of that style, uh, as far as music, you know, I'm thinking like Gregory Abbott, I'm thinking Lisa, Lisa Cole Jam, I'm thinking everybody, that, that certain sound that you, as soon as you heard the music, all of a sudden in your head, you're in a music video, you're acting the part, and that song was you. That's right. <laughs> okay, that's what that song did for me when I heard those first notes. Okay, from Marshall, from Marshall's song "Romance." As soon as I heard, it, I was like, "That's a hit." That's right, absolutely. And that's the only way absolutely. I can explain it. That's the only way I can yeah. explain it. It's like that's a hit. It's we a just hit. need to get radio now. That's what we need to get. <laughs> you are on radio. <laughs> and, well, you know, you know I got you. Say, you know. I got you. Uh, yeah. I got you. Yeah. It, it's one of those that just lists. That's the stat. I mean, the business in and of itself 
there's so many different things. There's so many different, you know, different platforms. But there's some that are viable, and there's some that are um, that that produce. There are some that are um, significant. You know, for us, I mean, we're in 160 plus countries right now. While we're on air. Wow, beautiful. Hello. <laughs> right. Okay, so say hey to somebody, <laughs> you know. And it's not just the station. I mean, people tune in on you know, the tune-in apps. You know, they also know that they can get in on Roku, live stream, you know, all this other stuff. And so they're on different different deals. And, you know, in it's gone back to, you know, you just got done saying in part of this conversation that... The gatekeepers got it so locked so hard that it's hard. It's hard for discovery. It's hard for for people to notice. You know, it's hard for people right, yeah. to 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 be introduced to something. You know, because they're on some type of some type of crunch or some type of leash or something like that. But we that's also. That's why I'm sorry to cut you off. But that's why you have your radio show. I do. That you have. I do. And I love it. I do. That's exactly I do. Are you kidding, man? Do you know that if this was like, you know, the regular corporate radio and stuff, if they found out that we were still on, you know, talking, do you know how many times I would have been, I would have been tied up and, and, and just whipped. You know, you know, I'm talking like bad, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing about it is, is that we also remember a certain time when... I tell you all the time, WKRP meets Night Flight meets Soul Train. Baby, look. Right. This is yeah. this is what we do. <laughs> this is where we're at. This is what we've got. What's important for me is to be able to talk to those trailblazers and to be able to talk to those people. Prince is very was was is was the one of the most iconic figures in music and entertainment history for us. Absolutely. You know, as a as a totally as a community, you, and, you know, I miss him so dearly. It's just unbelievable. I know you do. I just did. I just did the True Hollywood story back in January. Mm. I don't know when they're going to air it and stuff. And I said, well, this time I'm not going to cry. I am not going to cry this time because I know when they did a When Doves Cry um, documentary, yeah, I was crying, man, because I really miss somebody. You know, I, you know somebody since they were ten years old and. Well, that's you know, just and, it. And, you know, help him out in his business, was with him for like 11 years, you know, and all of a sudden he's gone. It is, it's, it's totally hard, but, uh, you know, they said one thing to me. I can't remember what they said, but, you know, I just started cheering up and I got all emotional and stuff. I had to stop. I said, look, you guys got to just give me a second and stuff, you know. Right. You know, I it, it was just so hard. And i tell you one thing, it's still hard on me. I'm sure, it's I'm sure it is. very hard on I'm sure it is. On you, you I'm know? sure it it's is. Just, it's just terrible of the tragedy, you know, that happened to him and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just crazy. It is crazy. And crazy. what I was going to say is... You know, he was very, very iconic you know, and very important, you know, to, to the entertainment yeah. business. But my thing, Pepe, is, <laughs> is, is more, it's even more important, you know, that I find out what was the catalyst behind something like that. So that's why yeah. it was very important that I talk to you. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I really appreciate it. And I got to send you some of my music. Marcus. Yes. I've, yes. I send you some of my music. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I need some of your yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> we'll send it to you. And then I, I, I'm doing a new album right now. That okay. Speak, you know, working on a new one. You know, and I just finished a book. Um, I was going to say. Called, uh, From Brooklyn to Minneapolis. Uh, me and my friend Tony <laughs> Keeney, he wrote it with me. And uh, it's all everything that we talked about and more. And more. You know it's it's mean? all the stories. It's all the re- it's all the cool stories that you don't like to talk about before you know dark. I know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, honey, look, Absolutely. I, I, look, I could talk to you till like the blues show starts tomorrow. I could, <laughs> I could, and and well, this is not going to be the last time because one of the things about you is that you're too much of a wealth of info, and you still continually work with artists and a lot of people don't realize that you know and, and because oh, yeah. you stay such behind the scenes you're a tough one to crack um yes <laughs> i was i mean i was, i mean I, I came in like all gloating with my with, with chicken little chest puffed out going yeah i'm gonna get him to say something he don't know now you're tough all right you're tough. you you've been you've done this before i get it okay all right that's okay but that's just something for me to strive for totally get it <laughs> But this won't be the last time that, that we, we chat because you you made it a point to take, you know, you wound up doing something very incredulous in that when you guys were trying to get to the gate, you know, Polydor picked you up, Polydor dropped you, Polydor picked you up, you were doing the side, you know, Prince comes in and out, in and out, and, you know, you realized the talent that you had, you dropped everything, you know, and, and got on a ship and you were like, this one's got to go through. And right, absolutely. This is, you know, this is, you know, in the name of music, in the name, in the name of music, you know, in the name of, of anything that is creative and anything that is good, you know, is probably one of the more unselfish things, you know, that I've ever heard. And and it, and for it to really understand what people and there are people like yourself, you know, that that do this and and it is in the name of, of music and then I mean we're talking the good part of, of business, the name of music right, and what yeah. should be great and it and it's there, you know, and there's a lot of people that are tainted right now and there's a lot of people that are swayed. Right. There's a lot of people yeah. that are negative. There's a lot of people yeah. that will slot, you know, will 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 we'll get everybody off the beaten path and, and and break you down and make you feel like you're not worth it and make you feel like you're not good enough yeah. or make you feel like you don't yeah. understand. But you got to keep fighting through because, you know, that happened to me too. I mean, even in my studio when I couldn't come up with nothing, you know, my brain was like locked and I couldn't come up. I wanted to throw everything out the window. You know, but then I said to myself, I said, no, negativity won't win. It won't win. So I just took a little break, you know, and came upstairs for a little while and right. then went back downstairs and came up with what I needed. You know, you just have to keep fighting forward. You can never give up no matter what career that you choose in life and stuff. You have to go through it. And, there's, you know, there's all kind of people who will say, no, you can't do it. You can't make it. You can't do this. And you, you have to keep doing it. I, I had a lawyer, uh, a friend of mine, who was my attorney for when I did my first album, Minneapolis Genius. Right. And I had asked him, I said, well, you know, should I do another album? And he says, nah, nah, you shouldn't. Really? And I kind of looked, I looked at him kind of funny at that point. And I said, well, he won't be my lawyer for long. <laughs> <You know? laughs> He's like, oh, okay, who are you? <laughs> you know, I went and did another album and stuff and, um, you know, and got a, a huge, a huge, you know, you're talking like six figure, you know, uh, a licensing deal with the company overseas in London, oh, wow. you know, and if I didn't, you know, do that, and if I had listened to my attorney, you know, where would I be? If you, yeah, you know? if you did not listen to what was in, in your yeah, heart. You have, to, right. you have to follow your heart. And I, look, any, anywhere that I go, I don't care where it is, I go to the doctor, the dentist, or whatever, I always ask them, you know, 
what got you into this business? Was your family a doctor or whatever, right. or a dentist or whatever and stuff? Right. And I get them talking, I get them talking, and it's real. It, you know, there's nothing phony about it. It's real. I right. mean, this is real stuff. And and we start talking, and we have a great conversation, and we build a good relationship, and then that way I get a better treatment for my teeth. <laughs> Okay, I see how it is. Well, look, for the record, just because we got to chat before this hand does not mean that it was, that was I was going to treat you better on the interview. It's, it would have been the same. It would have been the same. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I'm kidding. I feel like I'm talking to you at home, lying in the bed or something. Right. Like that, on the couch. Right, and we're just, yeah, we're just, yeah, we're hanging in, right, and that's the way it's supposed to be, and I appreciate it. And I want to give a shout out to all my people, all my friends, uh, 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 my very special friend, Sandy, out in France, because I know that she's listening and stuff, she's a a good Bollywood dancer and stuff like that, uh, she did uh, some shows out in France and stuff. Perfect. And and, uh, a shout out to Marshall, you know, for giving... Uh, uh, you the information so that we could talk. And Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. I just, I love it. I love all you guys. I Perfect. really appreciate it. Not a problem. Well, look, go enjoy your evening. You and I, we're going to catch up soon. Soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're, we're on it. Send me an address because I'm going to send you some albums. I got you. Look, I got you, Prince man. And I, Prince and I did like 14 songs together. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah, we did like 14 songs together and you got to hear them. But I got to hear I, it, I, man. Yeah, you got some we did in New York when I took him to New York uh, to work with Tony Sylvester, who was a producer and uh, uh, a member of uh, the main ingredient with Cuba Gooden Sr. Perfect. You know, and, uh, you know, so I'll send you some of that stuff and, uh, and some, you know, some other stuff. And I still have some songs. You know, I was talking about Colonel Abrams earlier. Okay. And uh, I had the pleasure, before he passed, I had the pleasure of having him. I flew him here to Minneapolis to record. Okay. And we did a, a few songs that I'm getting ready to put out, too. I should put that out. Okay. Uh, that Colonel did with us. Well, look, you just let me know what's up. I mean, I mean, I'm, we're hey, we're riding shotgun with each other on this ride now. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to thank, I got to thank also my people, Marty and Volkstad. She's our resident Norwegian. And Christy Lazenberry, who's a member of 94E. Perfect. You know, because without them, you know, I mean, they kept me in check. You know what I mean? Good girls. They do a lot of the hard work, you know. And, and, you know, people, you know, for everybody who's listening, you do not make it alone. No. Always somebody there that helps you get to where you're going. And you should always reciprocate, you know, always you know, show the love that they help you appreciate it and stuff and thank them. And uh, and when you do interviews and stuff, you know, talk about those people. Those are the people that you have to talk about. Perfect. You know. Well, I appreciate you. I've learned. I appreciate you too. <laughs> I've learned. I've learned a lot already, my dear. And you, you are quite the gem. Thank you so much, Pepe. But we'll keep in touch. Okay. Well, look. Sure. Go enjoy your evening, honey. We'll catch up soon. Okay. All right. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, 164 Country. Right. <laughs> we'll talk soon. And thanks, Radio Memphis. Don't forget Radio Memphis. There y'all. you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> thanks, baby. Thank but, you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Pepe Willie. Um, 
wow we could have gone on for for quite some time and we and we could have he's, he's definitely a wealth of info uh one you want to want pay attention to and one you want to follow and if you do get to plug him in and you do happen to see a couple articles come across or you happen to see a couple videos where he's doing some interviews and throwing out some insight take the time and stop down and watch because even though what may sound very very simple is very very key and you want to talk about an individual who's been very influential in in, in several careers and made some magic happen that would be that gentleman right there and i tell you again i do have to give a big shout out and a big thank you to marshall charloff to make sure that we were introduced and so you know i'm good what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna do something really cool for you guys because i know a ton of people are tuned in uh they were so excited about listening uh, about pepe of course you know they also love them some marshall so i'm gonna give you the song that i actually first came across when i learned about marshall charloff because you know what what if what if you take that leap of faith it's only happening right here on radio memphis Proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com.